You're listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast, episode number two. Welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. up everybody welcome to episode number two of the passionate dj podcast thanks for tuning in Uh, today i wanted to talk about buzz and how that is different from hype Uh, a lot of people think that buzz and hype are kind of the same thing they're interchangeable but i'm gonna go over why i don't think that's true and why you want buzz and not hype so Building buzz is the same as building anticipation. Um, Buzz is started by you. Um, You put the pieces in place to start buzz, but it's fueled by other people. That differs from hype. If you look at the the definition of hype in the dictionary, you'll see it's a noun, and it says it's extravagant or intensive publicity or promotion. Uh, That's basically all it says. Extravagant or intensive publicity or promotion. It's self-promotion. It's outbound. It's, you know, whether you're a producer or a DJ or a promoter, it's you talking about how awesome your product is and blasting it out to the public, which is 99% of what you see uh, in your Facebook feed or, you know, event pages and things like that. And it, it all becomes noise after a while. I'm sure I don't have to explain that because we've all experienced it. I mean, y- you know, you start following one or two people who throw events or put out DJ mixes or albums or whatever, and then they just blast their own stuff constantly. And, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't self-promote, but hype is kind of empty, and it differs from buzz. You know, buzz is inbound. That's Buzz is when others are doing the promoting for you. Basically, you get your product, and when I say product, I mean your DJ mix or your album or your event that you're throwing. Whatever it is that you're trying to get out there and promote. First of all, you make it awesome so that it's worth promoting. And then, secondly, you get it to the right people who are your target audience. And when you do that, and you do that properly, and you put in that work, then the buzz happens on its own. It's not something that you need to constantly maintain, because others are doing the work for you. They're doing it because they want to. So that's the the difference between buzz and hype. Um, If you actually look at the origins of the word hype... Um, it comes from a, a noun meaning to trick or swindle. Okay, so we that's definitely not what we want to do. We don't want to generate hype that's worthless and trick people into coming to our event or beg them or, you know. We want to make it so that they want to come to it or, you know, come to our event or to download our album or listen to our mix. We want to make it that good and give it to the right people. Um, if you look at the origins of the word buzz, it's a, it comes from a noun meaning a busy rumor. Now, that's a lot more appealing. That means people are talking about you. These are third parties 
that are doing the work for you. I mean, think about it. Would you rather your promotion be described as extravagant and intensive publicity, or would you rather it be considered uh, or associated with a uh, busy rumor? I mean, that means people are talking about it. That's what buzz is. It's it's not you know, buzz is you starting. You put the building blocks into place, and other people promote it because it's awesome. Um, now, when you think about buzz, like if somebody just walked up to you and said, "What companies? What company is good at creating buzz?" Uh, what would your answer be? I guarantee you, ninety-nine percent of you just Apple was the first thing that came to your head, and that's for very good reason. I mean, Apple is as cliche as it is; they are the company that has this nailed. They've got the the buzz thing down. They've had that for a long time, and but you know you might get that answer and then say well yeah it's it's easy for apple to do that because they have an existing fan base already they already have a huge audience uh, my response to that would be well yeah <laughs> uh, that's a good thing um but you know that doesn't mean that you have to have a core audience already in order to create buzz I mean, you have to start somewhere obviously just like apple did and you know apple's you know the the pinnacle of this obviously none of us are probably shooting that high is you know we want to be a household name but um they're a good example um you know they they are excellent at uh well building expectation. I guess that's really the best way to describe what buzz is. Uh, expectation is the backbone of buzz. Uh, they've, they've found their, their key fans, they know who they are, and they market directly to them. Um, but obviously, you know, we don't, some of us here might not have an existing fan base or, um, you know, an audience. Uh, don't worry about that. It's okay. You can start from scratch. Um, and the first tip I would give is if you, you know, if you have something awesome, whether, you know, again, this could be an event, this could be an album or a mix or whatever it is, but if you have something awesome, something that's truly unique and valuable, something basically that's worth buzzing about, if you just build it, you're going to lose. That's probably not what you thought I was going to say, but if you, yeah, if you just build it, you're going to lose. Um, it's not enough. You've... You've got to get your quote-unquote product in front of the right people, and that's that's key. the The thing is that, especially in this day and age, you know, talent is easy to find. Um, DJs, producers, promoters, in t 2013 when this is being recorded, um, were a dime a dozen. Honestly, um, it's not that difficult to find a competent DJ or a producer who can crank out a decent track or a promoter who is capable of throwing an event. What's hard to find is people who are willing to work hard. So, you know, talent is not enough anymore. You've got to be a hard worker and you've got to take that extra step or that extra set of steps to make yourself and your product or your brand or whatever it is stand out. So get it in front of the right people, find your fans, and 
love them. I mean, you might not have fans. You need to find your fans and love them and, you know, find those, you know, there, there's this concept in the business world uh, called your 100, your 1,000 true fans. And they're talking about basically business startups. And it, it's more important to find your 1,000 fans, who, your, your 1,000 people who are going to really take your product and run with it and be your ambassadors for your product. And that's the reason for that is what they're trying to do is generate buzz instead of hype. They're trying to get those 1,000 people who are going to go, oh, man, this solves a problem I have or this is exactly what I'm looking for or this is right up my alley. And they do the promotion because of how awesome it is to them. Once you get that core group of people, a lot of that work starts to happen on its own. Now, a thousand fans in the music world, when you're just, you know, you're a DJ or you're trying to throw an event in a small town, which is, you know, what my situation is, um, I don't really think there are a thousand people in my town that I could have be you know, those ambassadors, but it doesn't matter. It's just a concept. It's, you know, find those those ten people or, or five people um, over time. You know, keep keep doing things, putting out events or putting out products or whatever it is that you do, and find those five or ten people who, who really like it and enjoy it and support you and come out to your events or download your albums and give you real feedback on it. Take those people and... The, those are your ambassadors you know you right now you live for them so you need to take them and make them kind of part of your team whether you do that you know whether you say that's what you're doing or not you know contact those people directly thank them for coming out to your events or listening to your album directly you know don't be generic and send out email blasts actually contact these people um, if they're your friends call them or send them a text, thank them for what they've done, make them feel important, because they are. I mean, you're <laughs> completely honestly, they are very important to uh, what it is that you're doing, or the brand that you're building, if you want to call it that. Uh, because once you get those people on board, that's where the buzz comes from, and it just starts happening. The, the problem with hype is, hype is just you shouting out how awesome something is, and simply shouting louder is not the ideal way to find a fit for your product or your music or your event that you know hype is is generic it's watered down when you get those those ambassadors those true fans of what it is that you're doing or or those I say fans they don't even have to be fans in the traditional sense just those people that are on board with what you're doing and that see eye to eye, eye to eye with you, you know, buzz is personal. When, when people hear other, you know, third parties talking about music or an event or, you know, whatever it is, people take it a lot more seriously when it comes from somebody they know, you know, when, it, when they're talking about something that they're not directly involved in. That means they're just talking about it because it rocks, you know. People expect expect you to blast your own stuff and talk about how awesome it is and you know that's just kind of par for the course nobody's going to be like uh download my mix it kind of sucks <laughs> it's just not the way it, it typically works i mean unless you're just 
I guess some people might promote that way to be funny, but, you know, hearing it from a third party is just much more personal and believable. Now, I want to talk uh, for a minute about scarcity. Um, scarcity is a good thing, and I don't really I haven't understood why, at least in my own observations in small town kind of local promotion, people are so afraid of it. Um, you know, scarcity means that there's not, there's probably a need out there that's not being filled. So I'll put this in, in terms of, of events. Say that you're, you know, maybe you've got two or three good, we'll just say electronic music events, which is kind of the scene that I'm involved in on a local level, you know, why, what's the purpose of repeating the same thing someone else is doing? So, for example, um, back in mid to late 2000s, I guess it was, um, is when I first started kind of getting into to DJing more, and the problem I was running into was that in my town there was just nothing going on in that realm, and I found it to be pretty discouraging. I mean, there was just no, you know, I was interested in DJing and there was nowhere for me to play. And the couple of clubs that were running were more of a hip-hop top 40 thing, which was fine and I would attend and, and have fun, but it wasn't the kind of thing I wanted to play at. And, um, you know, that eventually ended up working out, but I, the way that I did that was I started throwing my own events, which is what a lot of DJs do. Uh, that's how a lot of people get into promotion. Um, some people do it just because they want to promote shows or they're good at it, but a lot of the time it's a DJ who wants to do his own thing. And so I started my own night, and it was a monthly. It was called Revibe. That's R-E colon V-I-B-E. And the idea was to have a, you know, a, a dance music, electronic music night. And I would book guest DJs every month, and, and I had a lot of fun with it. And I ran that for about a year. With mixed success, I mean, it was, um, you know, not a super blowout. Um, some of them were dead, some of them were okay, um, but I had some fun with it. And then someone else who um, I turned out to be really good friends with started throwing a weekly at uh, another spot on Tuesday nights, which is still running. And he was kind of doing the same thing. I mean, he just books uh, guest DJs every week. And for whatever reason, probably because it's a much nicer venue and, and you know, he was doing it more often, whatever, for whatever reason, that one took off and was doing a lot better than mine. And so I, you know, my thought was, well, what's the point in me doing this one? And it, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't upset about it. I was like, yes, finally, there's an event that's actually happening on a regular basis. And, you know, this is what I wanted to happen. So I stopped my event. Um, you know, I had, there was no, no ego behind it or anything. It was, you know, I was interested in helping to rebuild my scene on a local level and someone else was having more success with it. So I started, you know, helping to, you know, share and promote and play at that event. And that one's turned out to be much better. So, you know, in, in that case, scarcity was was good because there, I mean, there was my monthly, but it wasn't really doing anything. And, you know, once there was a good solid event, now there's no real point in having, you know, a, a weekly downtown, uh, 
electronic music night because that those bases are covered, which is cool. So part of the problem that I had then was, well, if I want to play other places than this venue, then I'm going to need to play at clubs that aren't really down with the type of sound I'm trying to bring. So I think I talked about this a little bit in the last podcast. You know, I, I started playing at clubs that didn't really fit my sound and trying to kind of force it on them. And that didn't really work. And so I was like, you know, you don't want to go into a, a, a hip hop club and play Deep House. They're just not typically going to go for that. So what I did was eventually started, you know, I went to somewhere that wasn't a nightclub. Uh, a friend of mine and I, um, actually, if you go to the blog on passionatedj.com, I wrote a post, uh, you know, several posts back. It was about uh, why I love lounge gigs. I went to this kind of restaurant, bar, lounge place, and actually my friend did, and we we pitched this idea to them, hey, how about we play some kind of jazzy, down-tempo dance music um, to fill this other niche, and nobody's doing anything like that around my city, and I think some people were afraid to do it, because they're like, nobody's doing that, there must not be a market for it. Well, the problem is everybody says that, and they don't find the market, and they keep repeating what other people are doing, and then it waters down the whole thing. I mean, if we were running 10 electronic nights on a Tuesday, that wouldn't really accomplish anything except spreading people out. So find uh, scarcity. Don't be afraid of scarcity. That's Scarcity is how you find, how you find audiences, how you, f- you know, pull people out of the woodwork. And, you know, so we've been doing this, this loungy night for... A month or two, and it's been building and it's going good, and we've it's come to find out that there's an audience for it, and they just didn't have anywhere to go. So don't be afraid of scarcity. Also, don't be afraid to call people directly, especially when you find your your core group of fans or ambassadors or whatever you want to call them. Get on the phone. Remember the telephone? <laughs> Get on the phone. Or you can text them or email them or whatever, but contact them directly. Don't send these generic email or text blasts out to them. You know, make them f- feel important. They're more likely to support what you're doing if they feel like they have a stake in it. The other thing is charge for your product or your event, and instead of, or at least consider it. A lot of people do free events, or they play free shows, or they giveaway albums for free and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but consider uh, charging for whatever it is that you're offering and make it worth paying for I think the reason a lot of people are afraid to charge for something is they think it's not worth anything well if you're offering something that's not worth anything what's the point why are you even doing it you should not be afraid to charge for some you know charge for something or charge cover or charge for an album if it's worth paying for. I was listening to another podcast uh, by somebody who was in, in, into uh, internet marketing, and it was an interview, and the person, they were they were talking about giving away things for free and charging for things. And a lot of people find it odd to charge for digital products, which applies to to us as DJs or producers a lot. Uh, you know, if we're charging for MP3 files, it just seems weird to charge for kind of intellectual property or information instead of I'm selling you this keyboard or this car. It's not a physical item. And 
when he, you know, the thing that's important to keep in mind about that is that people immediately value something more when they have to pay for it. A lot of times when you give something away for free, it's immediately devalued and people don't really pay it any attention. Um, not saying that you shouldn't, there's a lot of power in, in free stuff and don't get me wrong on that, but just remember that people automatically assign personal value to something and how much people charge for it immediately factors in their brain when they're taking that into consideration. Um, the other thing is when you release, when you're releasing more of a product item like a, a mix or an album, when you're releasing something, make an event out of it. You know, that's, as we said, buzz is anticipation. If you make, make an event out of it, like, hey, on September 20th, I'm releasing this new album. Here's a couple of snippets, you know, previews. And that's a, an excellent way to start generating buzz and getting feedback before it even happens. You know, don't just put everything together and then shoot it out there. Make an event out of it. Make it a big deal. Um, get a, your your five or ten or twenty ambassadors in on it. You know, contact them directly. Hey, I've got this coming out. Give them a free copy of it. Say, hey, this is an exclusive. Please don't share it with anyone. But I'd love to get your thoughts on it. And if you could share my, you know, maybe you have an event page on Facebook or a website or something that for the launch of your album or whatever it is, um, have them share it. And if, you know, make them part of your team. And when you get other people talking about it, especially with social media and stuff, they see, you know, other people besides you talking about it. That really helps to build that anticipation. And you're probably a lot more likely to get people to listen or to go to your event or whatever it is. I mean, the thing is to, once you get those those key fans, the you know, the concept of the thousand key fans, but whether it's five or ten or whoever, once you get those, those ambassadors on board, then the idea is to put yourself in a position where people want to come to you um, rather than you going, begging and pleading them to come to you, you know. They come to you because you've got something to offer them. You're valuable to them in some way. You know, throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks is not the way to build buzz or a fan base. That's just random shouting. You know, that's shouting louder. It's it's much better to have even 10 people that are completely on board and will, you know, listen to anything you put out and go to any event and support any events that you put on or whatever it is, it's better to have ten of those than to have a thousand generic people, you know, who like your Facebook page or follow you on Twitter or on your SoundCloud that don't really give a crap. You know, those I would take those ten people over the thousand any day. Basically all you do is you just leverage your connections. Everybody's got connections whether they realize it or not. We live in this world of six degrees of separation, um, you know, especially, you see this a lot on Facebook, you get on Facebook and you get a friend request and then you check your mutual friends and you're like, how in the world do you know this person from my high school? You're not even in the same state, you know, it's, it's this, you know, everyone knows someone who knows someone who knows someone else and every single one of those <clears throat> interactions is an opportunity to build buzz for your brand or product or event. That's much different than spamming them. Remember, we're talking buzz, not hype. And hype 
I tend to think of hype as being on the spammy spectrum of things. We want to get very targeted people on board with this and have them promote our product for us. You know, it's very similar to the way a lot of businesses work. And if you if you really think about your music or your events as if you approach it like a business, then it's a much better outlook to have because businesses have to survive or they get shut down. They have to to learn these things. And, you know, so put your put your mindset in that kind of businessman perspective. You know, what do I need to do? Who do I need to get on board to make this happen? And once you start kind of trying to build yourself as a brand, whether it's as a DJ or a promoter or, you know, just building a certain night, you start building a brand out of it. It's important to, at least I think it's important to be professional with personality a lot of people, it's either one or the other. They're either way too professional and stiff, or they're, they have plenty of personality, but everything just seems kind of tossed together, and like it's not something that you're serious about. And neither one of those really appeal to me. I mean, I want to know that I, for in the instance of events, I want to know that I'm going to something fun, but I also want to know that it's going to be handled in a way that you know all the ducks are in a row i've been to maybe this just bugs me more so than others because i'm i've been involved with a lot of events and helping and promoting and throwing shows and and as a dj but i i find it incredibly frustrating when i go to an event and everything is very obviously tossed together whether it's there's confusion on time slots or equipment isn't set up properly or it could be any number of things but be professional but don't be stiff you know just be nice and let that niceness and that personality show when you're promoting yourself you know on social media or flyers or whatever be professional be courteous but be fun too and make make it so that you become known for doing good work. I mean, there's no, you're not going to build buzz around doing the same generic shows or music or whatever as everyone else. All of us have to start somewhere, and that's, you know, that's another point is get off the couch and do stuff. I mean, you're not going to build buzz around nothing. So you've got to do, you've got to put in work and then constantly, you know, only focus on doing good things if you're not happy with something or you're you feel like you're doing something generic or has been done before then don't bother try doing something different if you're throwing an event and it's the same as somebody else's event then what incentive are you giving people to attend it you know being known for good work is the most powerful tool in your dj or promoting career i think Um, even if you start with no reputation and have no real connections Building a quote-unquote portfolio of good work is a way that you prove yourself. And if if they say, you know, if you're great, people will notice you. Um, now, as I said earlier, that's that's not enough. You've got to get the right people to notice, and then they start generating the buzz for you. And this is something that I'm personally working on a lot. You know, I want to build my reputation as someone who comes up with interesting things and ideas and tries to be useful. And 
and contributes to my community too. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm really involved in my local electronic music scene. And you know, I don't think that building buzz is a single individual project or or should be viewed as any one thing. It should be in kind of an ongoing commitment to giving quality work to a larger community. Even if it's a, a small community, be be part of your own team. Uh, you know, the the days of just pushing plain old generic information or throwing generic events or music, uh, you know, those those days are coming to an end. People don't care about if you're promoting yourself. Don't try to give raw facts. What you want are stories. You want people telling stories about how how much fun they had at your event or how awesome this, your new album was. You want stories instead of facts. It becomes it relates to personal experiences when they're telling stories, and it becomes a lot more engaging and personal. So it really comes down to um, filtering out things that don't really matter or things that aren't awesome. It's kind of a recurring theme on the blog. That, you know, I talk about choosing the right gigs, playing the right events, not just taking anything that you can get or playing anywhere. You know, it's the same. And also, when it comes to your music library, when you talk about, you know, it's better to have a hundred amazing tracks that you know you'll play versus, you know, 200 gigabytes of junk. It's the same kind of thing when you're putting out music or mixes or throwing events. Rather than cranking out a whole bunch of generic content, why not truly focus on fewer more awesome products or events or whatever it is that you're doing. Personally, I've gone from, you know, as far as promotions go, I only throw a very occasional event or support uh, something that I truly believe in. I, I don't just go all willy-nilly and, and support and push and throw all these events, you know, whenever I want. I'd much rather put focus on a couple of awesome ones. And I'm really trying to do that in my approach to everything that has to do with my DJing, whether it's events that I throw, mixes that I put out, tracks that I produce, which I've really been slacking on lately, and I'm hoping to fix that in the coming year to really get back in the studio. Um, I just don't, I don't want to crank out generic content. I don't want to put, you know, I even, I take the same approach to my blog posts. I a lot of people, when they start a blog, they'll post five times a day, like 100-word posts, and I really, I'm not interested in that. I'd rather have one or two posts a week that are just loaded with cool, interesting information or content that people can use or will enjoy, um, instead of a bunch of stuff that they're just going to scroll, scroll past and not care about. So it's, it's all down to, you know, filter down and focus focus on what it is that you're actually wanting to do and promote and do a few awesome things instead of hundreds of uninteresting things. Most importantly, the best thing that you can do for generating buzz is to deliver on that buzz. Exceed expectations. If you succeed in building a bunch of buzz for an event and then you or whatever it is, I'm just I'm using events here, but it could be for um, a mix or a album or whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. If you manage to generate some kind of social buzz, where whether it's word of mouth or you know social networking sites or whatever, and then you don't deliver on it, 
guess what it's going to be twice as hard to get next time that same buzz so determine what it is that you're offering that people can't get elsewhere or you know tell them why they should be interested in you and what you have to offer and then deliver on it you know if you since we're using business analogies a lot uh, let's consider Zappos which is uh, the largest online retailer for shoes they were they decided to change the game when it came to online shopping when they came out and they pushed for just excellent customer service uh, that's something that is notoriously bad for big brands or big business um, they just they really really focused on customer service they had two-way free shipping a year-round return policy for a full year I mean if you you can return your shoes 365 364 days later which is just unheard of and a 24-7 call center and that really obviously worked out for Zappos I mean with with minimal advertising costs they went from like 1.6 million dollars in revenue in the year 2000 to I think 370 million in the middle of the 2000s and I mean all that grew through word of mouth that was before anybody really was using Facebook or any kind of you know social media and so if you think about the tools that are available to us now as far as promotions and things go with Twitter and Facebook and and all that and Instagram and how we just waste those tools we just become part of the noise so we, if you just deliver what you say you're going to deliver and people will start to take you seriously and that will go leaps and bounds towards promoting further events and then kind of you know give you that Apple effect where people just buy into your brand now because they know you're going to give them what they want also partner with um, like-minded people partner 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 I've always pushed collaboration over competition and you know if you're in the same kind of situation as me where you serve kind of a niche audience or you're um, if you're involved in events in a small town there's not a lot of segmenting that can happen to your audience before it just you know gets broken off into chunks that are way too small what you want to do is partner up with like-minded DJs or promoters or club owners or whatever it is. Not only does that help you put your heads together, but it helps in the generation of buzz because now, you know, if you've got two or maybe three or four people who are pushing the same kind of agenda, now it's important to pick the right people to partner up with, people that you can work with and actually do think kind of the same way that you do or want to push the same kind of events or music that you do you're you're also extending your network to all the people that they can reach uh, whether that's I say network that can mean their online network as well as their just regular everyday in real life social network then you've got a couple other we'll call them stakeholders to spread that information around and you have more people wanting to push it as hard as you do and so, you know, imagine if you've got five or ten key fans or ambassadors supporting you, and then you've got three other people who have that too. Suddenly, you know, you've got maybe 20, 30, 40 ambassadors pushing for you. 
So you can, I'm sure you can see the power in that. So it's important to not be afraid to work with other people and get their input and advice. And don't be afraid to, you know, you don't have to hoard everything to yourself. Um, this might be a good idea for your music too. Maybe you're, you know, interested in making some a new EP or something, and you want to collaborate with somebody who is, you know, in my case, I I wish I was better at drum programming. Well, maybe I could partner with somebody who was better at that, and we could, you know, each focus on what we're good at, and then promote them to our own individual audiences. Um, which, you know, a, a combined audience is, you know, larger than it would have been if we hadn't partnered up. And then probably the final way um, that we can talk about to generate buzz is to provide some level of exclusivity to certain people, especially your key fans, your ambassadors, your people who are going to be there and have your back and really support what you're doing. Give them special access to things you know this is this is what the vip list should actually be for in my opinion if you're if you have an event this should be people who have earned access because of their support or their you know being helpful or just coming out to shows or workers i mean the the VIP list has kind of, in the modern day, become this sort of, like, you're just paying for some level of elitism, which just lets you be in a different place than the rest of the crowd. I think that you should truly treat certain people like VIPs if they've earned it, because that makes them want to continue having that privileged position. And that that doesn't just apply to events, that can apply to, you know, uh, releasing music. So one good way to do that is to, you know, maybe get your five or ten people that are following you and supporting you and say, hey, I've got this email list. You know, if you've got a website, start an email list. There's a lot of power in an email list. Um, and the reason is because once you've got the people on your email list are the ones who are supporting you enough to where they're willing to give you their email address. I mean, if you think about what that really means, they're trusting you to not spam them. They're like, I'm going to get something valuable out of this. They're going to be your supporters. So if you can get your key fans to sign up for an email list, just for an example, um, you could do this a number of ways. You could make them part of a, an elite Facebook group or, or whatever, or just put them on, on some kind of list. Give them early access to things. Get their feedback on it and you're generating small buzz but you're generating buzz amongst people that really matter and eventually as you grow the that amount of people suddenly maybe you'll have a hundred people or a thousand people who are really interested in what you have to offer them and they're part of this elite club they're more likely to pay attention to it because they've opted into it all right so i'll just leave you with one kind of piece of advice um, before taking off here and that is the best thing that you can do when it comes to basically any of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast or the blog or, or whatever but just get off the couch and do stuff do something, try new things and find what works 
there's a popular saying that was attributed to Albert Einstein, I think, where the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If you throw, you know, we'll just take the example of throwing an event again. If you throw an event and um, you it doesn't really go through and it doesn't generate the buzz that you want it to, try something new. Come up with something new for your next event that you throw and try it. Maybe try a giveaway. Try um, a VIP list. Try, you know, marketing it in a different way. It doesn't necessarily matter what it is that you do or try as long as you're trying something. You know, you're never going to learn until you fail early and fail often. Um, eventually, you'll find your audience and people who hear what you uh, want to hear what you have to offer them. So that pretty much wraps it up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and keep your eyes peeled for some interviews coming up on the podcast, as well as some great new posts. And don't forget that you can reach us at Twitter on at DJ with Passion, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash passionate DJ. Also, uh, we talked about my email, uh, about email lists. Uh, feel free to visit the blog and join my email. I call it the VIP list. Um, for exclusive kind of content and messages and stories that you can't get anywhere else. So thank you guys so much and keep on spinning. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning. <laughs>